0: I don't know about you, but if you've been reading the Sikh journal um, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was Friday, I can't remember the days anymore, but uh, we were in 1 Peter chapter 2. When was that? Was that yesterday? Yeah, good. 1 Peter chapter 2. And the first verse of 1 Peter chapter 2 relates to the message today. I mean, it was like, I read it and I'm like, what? That's what I'm preaching tomorrow. And, and then I had to go back and read the context. Right, So I went back to chapter 1. I just want to encourage you to go read chapter 1. Because holiness is a good thing. And as we want to go into Easter and see God do amazing things, we need to, as the church of God, be holy, pure, blameless. Now you realize like we can never do that apart from Jesus Christ, right? Okay. I was only gone one week. But really, I'm not going to let you off. I mean, if you don't respond to my question, it's going to be a long service. I only got like 30 minutes left, so please be quick. (laughs) It's only Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not going to be perfect this week. I'm not saying you should be perfect this week, but I'm saying repentance is a huge thing. So Brent uh, was so nice and preached last week. I went and listened to it online. You guys ever do that? Man, it's just not the same though, huh? I mean, it's good, but not great, you know? And so uh, he did a great job, and and I loved his shirts. I asked him to bring his own shirts, but he didn't, so I did. And uh, man, help a brother out. Like, his shirts were so much cooler than mine, but I just put mine out here. And uh, here's the thing. Last week, Brent gave you a principle. Okay, flip over to Ephesians 4. Let me show you what he gave you, uh, just in case you weren't here. Uh, Verse 23 of Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 23, is that 23? No, that says 22. My eyes are bad. Um, to put off the old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through defe- deceitful desires. Deceitful desires, that's like the story of my life. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what we're trying to do today. I am, trying to, I am asking God to create in you a new heart. To create in you a new thing. I can't do it. The word of God truly is powerful. It'll help. But I can't like, reach in, change it all, and then, all right, we're good. But God's word can do heart surgery today. And Brent gave us a principle. Put off Put on, right? Put off. You might just say that. Go ahead, you guys over here. Put, on. put off. Put on, Put on. right? You guys are in the middle. You're in limbo. What are we going to say? I mean, we got to put some stuff off. We got to put some stuff on. Was that clear last week? Yeah. That's clear. But that's the principle, See, Paul now is going to go on and he's going to get really, 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 everybody say it, really, really specific on a few things. And I got to tell you, I, I studied this week and uh, this might be the hardest message I've preached. It has hit me so hard. Each one of these things that are in my closet, right, uh, deception and anger and stealing and cursing, right? Right. Um, Brent was making a point last week, I'll make the point again, like, hey, don't take these things, these old shirts off and put them in the hamper, right? Don't put them in the hamper, because on some day when you're not feeling so great and you want to feel grimy, you're going to put on the old shirt again. That's gross. Don't do that. You don't do that, do you? You don't pull clothes. You do, don't you? You be pulling clothes out of the hamper, don't you? That's why I'm saying, don't put them in the hamper, because then it's a possibility, Oh, man, I really like those jeans. I want to wear them today. I might have pulled these out of the hamper. All right, so throw it away. Put it away. Take it off. Get rid of it. Throw it in the trash, okay? Throw it in the trash. That's what we're looking at today. We're looking at throw it in the trash. All right, let me read the passage. It's going to get really, really, really specific. And the title of the message, therefore, is Walk in Clarity. Walk in clarity. Let's be clear about these things in our life. We all have them. Let's not judge the person next to us. Let's look inside. Let's do some heart work today and let's change. Let's repent of some things. Let's get renewed in some things. And let's see the restoration that comes as a church because of it. Here we go. Verse 25. Therefore, because of all that's been said, we put off and put on in the principle there, having put away falsehood lying deception let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another so we are member, we are the we're the body we've been all over that with unity and maturity and we're the body it's us the church be angry i like box that in my bible i'm like yeah Be angry. Be angry. Oh, yeah. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Keep short accounts. And give no opportunity to the devil. Do you know the devil's a real thing? Whether him or his minions are in this room... I'm going to say some things today, hopefully, mostly truth. There'll be a few things that I say that won't be truth because my mouth can't be perfect. I've read James 3. And when those things are said, Satan's going to whisper in your ear, or a demon, he's going to say, Well, you see what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? That ain't it. And you're going to try to discount everything I say. He is going to try to discount everything I say when most of it, Lord willing, Will be from the word and healthy. You gotta watch out for that guy. He's always gonna give you a reason to do your own thing. He's always gonna give you a reason to please yourself, to think what you wanna think. And I'm saying the word of God's very clear. Believer, do not give the devil an opportunity. Let's clean some stuff up today. Let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Work, work hard. Why? So that you can share, not so that you can retire. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Anyway, all right. Verse 29, Let no corrupt talk, unwholesome speech come out of your mouth, or mouths, plural, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion. That's a really key part. It's got to be on time. But that it may give grace to those who hear. I have underlined in my Bible, give grace. That's something I need to be reminded of again and again and again and again, and maybe you do too. Give grace, give grace, give grace, give grace, give grace. And verse 30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do we know we're sealed for the day of redemption? How do we know? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In Him you also, when you heard of the word of truth, the gospel, have you ever heard of the gospel? Because I'm talking to believers today. I'm talking about a life well lived. I'm talking about walking in clarity, walking in Christ the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. Have you ever believed in him? Because if you believed in Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he paid for your sin, if you believe that, and that that saves you and nothing else, I mean, I could list a bunch of things that we all think save us, but I'm not gonna, because this one thing I know, Jesus Christ's blood covers my sin. If you believe in him, We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We're sealed. So don't grieve him. More on that later. Verse 31: Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, you're like, that's enough. Be put away from you along with all malice. Put these things off. Put them away. Throw them in the trash. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Maybe the best six words of the whole chapter. We've studied it now for four weeks. As God in Christ, our Messiah, forgave you. I don't know if that brings a tear to your eye. I don't know if that touches you somewhere, but if it doesn't, we've got some heart work to do today. I try to make it really clear. Outline, okay? You got it? You're like, what? What's going on here? Uh, this is just the clearest I can make it, and since we're walking in clarity today, let's do it this way, okay? So, hey, we're going to of some things, okay? We're going to renew some things. And we're gonna see some things restored in our church, which is awesome. Here's the first thing: verse 25, deception. Deception. Lying, falsehood. You're like, well, yeah, I don't do that. Uh Uh-huh. You just did. We're all liars, we learned it well. You know when your mom or dad told you like the half-truth that was meant to deceive you? Yeah. You learned it. It was passed on. We try to get out of stuff all the time. Now I ask my kids, did you brush your teeth? Yep. And then you think, I know that's false. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Did you brush your teeth today like I just asked you to five minutes ago? Oh, no, I didn't do that. What? That's a half-truth meant to deceive. That's a lie. A lie is a statement that is contrary to fact, spoken with the intent to deceive. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Men... You were at Act Like Men last week. What did we say? Seven deadly sins. A lying tongue is number two. And number six is false witness breathing out lies. Twice out of seven things that God hates is right here, the shirt we love to put on again and again and again, Deception. Deception. We got to throw this away, guys. We got to throw this away. I was so grieved by this this week deception. I think, you know, sometimes I say something to somebody that hopefully helps them think better of me or helps them think better of the church or You ever do that? Ever stretch the truth, embellish a little bit, don't tell the whole truth because it will make you look bad. Let's move on. Renew the truth. Renew the truth. Truth is conforming one's words to reality. We don't like reality. The reality is I'm a stinking sinner. That's the reality. Left to myself, I'm a liar who gets angry and steals. I didn't want to hear that today. I didn't come to church to hear that today. I wanted to hear, you're a good guy. Woo! I'm a good guy. I mean, let's just, the reality is, when I see Jesus Christ, I'm not saying anything on the resume. I'm not like, yeah, well, I gave this and I did this and I had this old lady and I, I did, you know, groceries and lawn mowing and money and... Rip it up. It means nothing to them. The books were written. I read Revelation. The books were written. And the books don't add up. Your good isn't as good as your bad. It doesn't add up. One sin sends us to hell. I'm a sinner. That's the truth. That's the reality. Here's another reality for you. Oh, you'll relish this. Jesus Christ is God. And he came to pay that debt. So that when Jesus steps in front of you, when you deserve the wrath of God, God now sees you through Jesus Christ and he's like, paid, sinner, but paid. That's the truth. You need to renew that in your mind again and again and again. Stop saying, well, I'm doing better. Really? I'm not doing that much better. I'm doing marginally better than I was before. Now, instead of looking at pornography, I only think bad thoughts in my head. Well, that's better. Woo! I still need to be honest with myself. The honest truth is, apart from Jesus Christ, I'm nothing. And so, truth is, conforming one's words to reality. I'm a sinner. I've been saved by grace. When I stand before God, I stand in Christ. That's it. And that brings unity. It restores unity in our church. When we all think that way, nobody's high and mighty, nobody's this or that. We're all living in unity. You before me, you before me, we are all members of the same body, the church. If you're not a member of that, we'd love for you to join today If you've never accepted Christ, we'd love for you to accept Christ today. You don't have to be the stinking sinner. Truth, in love, you could stick Jesus Christ right in front of you, Him on the cross, okay, we're going to celebrate it on Friday. Come back on Sunday, we're going to be like He rose from the dead. It's all true. Deception, put it away. Truth, renew it in your heart and mind. And that brings unity in our body. If a few of us are being deceptive, and most of us are being truthful... Last unity. If all of us are going, hey, reality, here's the reality. Then we can have better unity. All right, clarity, number two. Do you see it there? Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, so anger, 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 anger. So anger isn't a sin. Did anybody know that? Red Hat Rage. See how I did that with a t-shirt? It's good stuff. Anger, man. I got to put anger away and it's it's just like somebody wrongs me, somebody just something. I blow up. Like it's an emotional response caused by something that displeases us. I I am not pleased with that. I'm going to let you know it. Anger. And we are to avoid letting our anger simmer overnight. Don't let it seethe. It'll become bitterness, and that's worse. You're going to get that at the end. Now, the word I'm going to use is a word called zeal. Not uncontrollable anger, controlled by the Holy Spirit anger. You're like, I'd like to see that. Okay, flip over in your Bible to John chapter 2. Flip over your. John chapter 2, I'm going to start reading, you'll get there. John chapter 2, verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, I'm in verse 14 now. He found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and money changers sitting there. Verse 15. And making a whip of cords. Jesus, woo! I thought you were the one getting whipped. I saw the passion. He drove them out of the temple with the sheep and auction, and he poured out the coins of the money cheat. Well, that's not nice. I would imagine Jesus would be the one picking the coins up for the guy that dropped his money. He dumped the coins out. He was upset. He was angry with some righteous anger, and he overturned the tables. Well, oh, I don't want to It would take me too long to recover, but I really want to do that right now. That would be fun. All right. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Now, John's writing this sometime later. And he's writing the account of it. And here's his reply to this. His disciples remembered that it was written... In Psalm 69, nine, zeal for your house will consume me. Back to Ephesians 4. Zeal for your house will consume me. Are you consumed with the zeal for this house? Were you like, there is nothing that can stop me from getting to church today. I am clumbing through, right? Were you like pumped, excited, ready to go? We get to be here together. I love that zeal. And Zeal's hard. It's hard uh, because our emotions are tainted with sin. And so sometimes I think I'm zealous, and really my heart was desperately wicked, and I was just angry. So here's the principle I had to learn. Don't defend myself. Never defend myself. Never stick up for myself. Right? Don't ever do, I don't ever do it. Just not me, okay? Because when I do it, it never works out well. But if I stick up for the word of God, if I stick up for the son of God, if I stick up for father God, if I'm like, but no, 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 no wait, 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 wait. What you said right there about infant baptism. No, 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 no. Because the word of God says this. That's zealous. Only defend God and his word. Don't defend yourself. This restores security. It's protection for us as a body. It's protection for us. We're secure when people aren't getting angry. (laughs) People aren't blowing up. You wouldn't want to come into our church office and see somebody like, you know? You'd be like, what in the world is going on here? Right? I mean, I would. Would you? I could count one time I got angry at her staff in in six years. And I raised my voice. And you know what? I still think it was righteous anger, but the next day I came back and apologized. Why? Because we need people to feel safe. We need people to be secure. You start being... This volcano, nobody feels safe around you. We got to put that away for the sake of our church. Number three, stealing. Stealing. Verse 28: let the thief no longer steal, and rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with those in need. Anyone in need. If somebody came up to you today and said, I have some needs. Would you have some money to give them? Have you set something aside? Do you have a God pocket, so to speak, God's money, so that you could help them out? I think that's important. The thing we're taking off is stealing, stealing. Let the thief steal no more. Let the thief no longer steal. Like, doesn't apply to me. I'm not a thief. Who's thinking that? Come on now. Be honest. That's not like a, but see, I don't, I wouldn't raise my hand because I actually know how, how wicked I am. I actually have a mind like a thief. I, I think, you know, I don't know why, but uh, early on when I was a kid at church, it was like, oh, offering money. All right. You know? Yeah. Everybody's like, back up. Yeah. I was actually really convicted about that this week. God brought that back to mind. When God brings something up to you, you think you should do something about it? I don't know what size the check needs to be to Calvary Baptist Church, but I'm pretty sure it's going to get written this week. I'm not kidding you. Because you have to make it right. You have to make it right. Now, I can never make that right. I can never take that sin away, I can never expunge that. But if you're honest with yourself, you're taking something. You're either lazy, that's stealing God's time. Or you're greedy, that's stealing God's money. Or you're complacent, you're not using your time, talents, or treasure, right? You're not using your talents for God's kingdom. You're not working. So I just got to ask you, right? Just real honest, are you taken from God? I mean, we've preached on God's word what it means like to be a cheerful giver, right? Tithing, yep, we can go round and round about whether that's an Old Testament principle or a New Testament principle, but we know that everything in the New Testament went way past, was fulfilled, and went way past the Old Testament. So 10% would be a great starting spot. Can you imagine if we all gave 10% where our church would be? How much more money our church would be giving to other places and other people? I just have this vision of greater things for everyone in this body. I have a vision for, and I know debt and all these different things, but really, if you're just going to look at it really clearly, is it really debt that's keeping you back from giving that 10%? No. It's all the fun money. That's what's, you know, it's the funny money that you have to have. It's the vacation. It's the this or that. Like, I'm just telling you, man, there's sacrifices. sacrifices. But there are never sacrifices when you're doing what's right. God just is like flowing blessing to you. And I'm not even talking about financial blessing. I'm talking about better blessing than that, spiritual blessings. That person you're praying for to get saved? God's listening now. Are we stealing from God? Like, I just got, that was just put on my heart. I don't know who that's for, and I'm not beating people up. But I'm trying to be clear. I think we can all say, well, I don't steal. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, we do. We take from God. We take from God. And we take from others to benefit our own self in its selfishness. And what God tells us to do is renew work. Do you have a work ethic? Do you want to work for Christ? Do you want to use your gifts? We're not here to harm people. We're here to help people. So, hey, Harvest, it's Easter next week. Guess what? Every one of us thinks to ourselves, Easter's a holiday, we're going to have Easter brunch or Easter lunch, and we're going to be with our family. And so automatically we're like, well, I hope it's not my week to serve. Come on now. Is that not true? It's quiet in here right now. You know that's true. You're just hoping it lines up so you don't have to serve on Easter. And, and here's what I'm going to say to you. Easter is a great opportunity for you. People are coming because we had billboards out there. People are coming because you're going to be handing out cards. People are coming that would never step foot into a church. Don't make the staff scrounge and ask three times to get enough leaders. Everybody, all hands on deck. Everybody should be like, how can I serve this weekend? Because I want to serve the church and I want to serve those that are coming to the church for probably the first time. We ought to have twice as many greeters as we have every other week. We ought to have twice as many children's workers as we have every other week. This is an opportunity to work. It's generosity. We need to restore our generosity. You know, sometimes we can get sideways, right? Sometimes we can be like, ah, I just don't want to be generous today. Let's go. Next week is a prime opportunity to be generous. Come early. You're being generous to the worship team. They like to see it full when they start, right? Not sing you in. I'm just, saying, I'm just being honest, okay? Hey, say amen once in a while when I'm preaching, bro. Amen. Come on, sis. Just like point your pen or something like, yeah, you're on it. If I'm not, you can do this. At least give me some feedback. Stop, man. There's people around. Help a brother out. Be generous. We serve one another and we share with one another what we have. And therefore, we work hard. It's not wrong to work hard and to have money. That's a good thing so that you can share. You can't share what you don't have. Let's get after it, church. Let's work. But let's not live like the rest of the world where we spend everything we own. Right? It's like, and we borrow things we don't need. Let's be generous. Stealing, work, generosity. This, fourth one. Cursing. Cursing. Verse 29. Let no corrupt talk, unwholesome talk. The word literally means rotten. Rotten. Let no rotten talk come out of your mouth. But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that you may give grace to those who hear. Now here's the deal. Just got to tell you, I'm under construction. I'm God's great construction project. He's building me. And you know what? I feel the same way about you, Stella. God is building you. And you know what grieves me? Jordan is when when what grieves me is when we tear somebody else down, we're fighting God. Cuz you're God's great construction project, and when somebody says something to you that tears you down, you're taking stuff off of God's building. You're tearing down God's great project. He's at work. He says he's going to complete a work in you until the day of Jesus Christ. He's up there hammering stuff and somebody's over around the corner ripping it off with a crowbar. I was so convicted about this this week. I was so convicted about my speech, how I say stuff to people, but even the words you use, right? I was so convicted about this. If it isn't truth, don't say it. So there's words like, I hate to bring it up, but I'm gonna, because I want accountability, hey? So you got your own words? You're gonna put your own words in, okay? Write them down. Crap. Heck. Dang. Those are maybe my top three Christian curse words. It's unwholesome. None of those are found in the word, which is true. If if what you're saying is not found in the word, you could stop now. Come up with different words that are maybe in here. And I'm just really convicted about that. Like, I've said things from this pulpit that I never want to say again, right? And by God's grace... Maybe I can do that. But that's the thing. We give grace to one another, don't we? We give grace to one another. So thanks for your grace over the years. And I want to be just as grace-filled with you. Stop cursing. we got to throw this away. we got to take the cursing, right? This rottenness, this speech, and we, we've got to throw it away. All right, now, you all wish you were 11. Those things are going in the trash. at 11. They're never coming out. You know that, right? You're all invited to 11 o'clock service. <laughs> so we put all these away, right? We put cursing away. I don't ever want to say these things again. You know, I said that to my assistant this week, and I said, catch me, and they're like five times that day, right? But you got to keep going. 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 You got to go after it. You got to go after it. Okay. <laughs> put off cursing, put on encouragement. This is a note that somebody came to church uh, on the 11th of March, I won't forget. (laughs) This is somebody that came to church, uh, didn't stay for church, but came just to give me this note before church. Handwritten. Just a powerful note of encouragement to me. And it meant the world to me. How many times have you received a note like that in your life? That's what we're putting on. That's what we're renewing. So, so can I just ask you, who, who do you need to write a note to today? We were praying as a staff earlier this week and I was like, hey, pick a small group leader and text them. Encourage them. Like that's the thing we need to be doing, right? We need to be encouraging one another. Handwritten notes, a text, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold on settings of silver, Proverbs says. If you roll up to somebody, forget buying your kids ice cream. Roll up to them, look them in the face, and tell them how awesome they are in God. That'll fill them up. Encouragement, man. We need it. We need it. We all need it. And that brings maturity. I mean, we've already been over this mature thing, but until we all attain maturity, it was all about this building up the body in love. That God equipped the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, as we encourage one another, as we do and work properly, we're going to be mature. So, the thing we're restoring there is maturity. We're giving grace to one another. Let me say it this way do not be careless with your words, be intentional. Who's the person that you need to encourage this week? Do it today. Write him a handwritten note. Maybe stick one of these invitations in there. And get after it. All right. Now, there's a warning here. I got to hurry now. There's a warning here. When you get to verse 30, verse 30 is, I can't come stumbling over this verse. Like, what do, what do you mean? Like, you know, quench the Holy Spirit. And does that deal with just mouth? Or is that dealing with everything? And I'm just telling you, like all four of these things, Deception, anger, stealing, cursing, when you do them, you are quenching the spirit. You are grieving the spirit. You're like, what does that look like? The Holy Spirit is in you. When you walk around, the Holy Spirit's with you. So when you go say that thing to Dave, the Holy Spirit's like, shrinking inside of you. Ah, I don't like that. I don't want to be here right now, but I have to stay because you're a believer. That's what happens. We grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to say that, doesn't want to take that, doesn't want to blow up. But He's locked, man. He's sealed. He's staying for good. And He's hoping you'll repent and renew the things that you should do. So there it is in verse... 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. He's sticking with you. He's not leaving you. But he doesn't have to like it. And there's times when the Holy Spirit's really sad with what we're doing. So I just said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by refusing to change. If you walk out of here and you don't have something to change today, I don't know what to do, right? I'm like, I don't know. How do I help you? Like, don't refuse to change. You know, so many people did that. I was reading 1 Samuel. Saul didn't want to change. He rejected the things of God and he wanted to go his own way. God's like, you can't be king anymore. Now this at the end, this last thing, just really quick. Stop bitterness. We have to stop bitterness. Verses uh, 31 and 32 now. Let all uh, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You know what happens when we won't take these things off and we won't put these things on? You know what happens when encouragement and all these things, truth, words, of zeal? You know what happens when this isn't happening and we start to do this and then the Holy Spirit's grieved and then we're like minorly filled with the Holy Spirit and we're just doing our own thing? Bitterness creeps in. Bitterness creeps in. A bitterness has several forms. Let me give them to you. Wrath. Don't uncheck. <laughs> you, you can't leave bitterness unchecked. Okay? You got to go after it. Wrath is rage. Outbursts of uncontrollable passion. Whoa! You know? Like just fist through the wall. And so many times I got to repent for my wrath. Anger. Anger is a deeply settled indignation inside. It's fury. It's fuming inside. You can see the steam rising. I'm angry. But I'm keeping it to myself. I'm stuffing it. Then it'll become wrath. Trust me. Clamor. Clamor is the outcry. Clamor. I love it. This is a fun word to say. You want to say it? Go ahead. Clamor, yeah, yeah, clamor, 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 clamor. Clamor. It's just kind of one of those words you're like, man, who came up with that? Outcry of anger that requires others to hear. Hey, Colin. Let me tell you about Ryan, man. Dude, Ryan, you know what Ryan did to me, man? You will believe it. Right? And there's this, I got to get it off my chest what Ryan did to me, and I'm going to... Let him have it without really letting him have it, just between you and me. It's noise in the church. Speaking badly about other people, it's noise. Don't listen to that. Say, I don't have ears for that and move on. It causes strife. And then there's slander. The word for slander is blasphemy. Blasphemy. Don't slander. It's blasphemy. Reviling words intended to injure. That's when you just go public with it, right? You're like, you put that person's reputation on the line and you try to cut it down. To anybody that will listen to you, you just slander them and slander them and slander them. You just keep saying anything you want about them. Why? Because they hurt you. Because they wronged you. Because they did something. That you didn't like. It displeased you and you got bitter. Bitterness means to cut. And you know where this lands? It lands with malice. Malice is the word evil. Willful. Bad heartedness. Ill will. Wickedness. Have you ever gotten to this place? I have the right to feel this way. Yeah, I do. Somebody says, man, you need to forgive them. No, 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 no. I have the right to feel this way. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know why I feel this way. I have the right to feel this way. And that is flat out evil when we get there. And that is the bottom rung. And if you've ever been there, man, come back, repent. There's one way out of that. You want to know what the one way out of that is? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You have to forgive them. See, pain comes when somebody takes something from you. If I were to ask you to get your wallet out and I took all the money out of your wallet, there would be an offense, right? And unless you're really wealthy and didn't care, you would would be like, man, he took that from me. And if I never gave it back, then I owe you something, correct? See, forgiveness is releasing the person from the obligation that happened when they took something from you. It's saying, you don't owe me. And you really don't owe me anything. None of you owe me anything. You don't owe me. And that's forgiveness. There's not a person in this place that owes me anything. And that's a good spot to be. Now, ask yourself, if somebody came and sat between you two boys, right? Is there anybody that would sit right there that would make your skin crawl? That would be like, ah, I can't sit here any longer. Maybe that person's in the room just not sitting by you right now. That's bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. Is there somebody that you couldn't be in the same room with? I got to tell you, you got to resolve that. You got to get that done. You have to release them from the obligation. You have to basically say, you don't owe me anything. Now, one key component here. Don't go run into your friend and say you don't owe me anything. And they're like, "I know I don't." <laughs> right? Because what's the key? If the person isn't repentant, then there's no way you can forgive them face to face. But you can forgive them in your heart, okay? When they're repentant, go ahead and forgive them face to face. But you know what? That person's probably not coming. Let's just be honest. If you're waiting to forgive them until they come to you, they're not coming. They're not coming. Newsflash, it ain't happening. They don't even know they offended you. They don't even know they hurt you. They're out there doing it again and again and again. They don't have a clue and they don't care. So how am I going to forgive them? Don't bring it up to them anymore. Don't bring it up to God anymore. Don't bring it up to yourself anymore. You know, in the shower, in the morning, that person, man, I'm just so upset with him. Don't do it anymore. And that takes time. So today's the crisis. You have somebody in your life you need to forgive. Today's the crisis. You have the crisis. You say, I got to forgive them. I see the truth of the word. I got to forgive them. Then starts the process. The process of forgiveness is a process that takes some time, might take you years. When you fail in the process, you return to the crisis. When you fail in this process and you all of a sudden bring it back up to yourself, or somebody else brings it up to you because you told them, whoops, shut that down, or you bring it up to God, or God forbid, you bring it up to them, you got to go back to the crisis and start the process again. All right, I've given you so much today. Hopefully it's been helpful. I do want to say this at the end. If there is somebody that you need to go to and ask for repentance, I wanted to give you some tools here. So um, we're doing this thing called Relationship Restart. It's redefining my relationship with God and others. And I wonder if, if you're going to go to somebody this week and say, please forgive me, like you're doing the repentance, right? Right? Not you're doing the forgiving, but you're doing the repenting. You get it? Don't be like, hey, I forgive you. Could you come to that ain't gonna play well? <laughs> Is everybody clear on that? But if you can get yourself to the point where you're like, hey man, I'm so sorry. I I've sinned against you. Our relationship hasn't been right. I've been bitter. I've even slandered, or whatever you have to say. I'd like to restore our relationship. Could we get a restart? And hey, I want to invite you to church next Sunday. It's Easter Sunday, and we're going to be starting this series called Relationship Restart. And I just wonder if we could restart a relationship together. Use this invitation for that conversation. This invitation, somebody you've been praying for during your fast. This invitation, whoever God gives you opportunity to hand it to. You have three invitations We'll call this Operation Invite. If everybody does it, we're going to see something amazing next week. By God's grace. Let's show up next week and let's restart something in the church. Let's walk in the clarity of this message for a long time. All right, now, you see you have one more blank, don't you? All right, let me read it for you. Therefore, I skip verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God, more on this next week, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Go ahead and write in that box. This is the culmination of the series, man. This is it. Walk in love. In love. If you leave here and you walk in love, you will walk in unity. You will walk in maturity. You will walk in clarity. You will walk in purity. You will walk a new walk, a new life. Let me take a second and pray for us in that regard. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Just to take you at your word. Your word cuts like a sword, God. Piercing, dividing the intents of my heart I'm laid open God we ask for your strength I ask for all these people for your strength to repent this week to restore the good things that you've given renew our minds now today even as we sing we love you God We need you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.